Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Nerds Not the Premier Form of the Game Show, hosted by two brothers and two other people. Live from, I don't know where the fuck everyone else is. Live from wherever the hell we are, I'm your father, son, I'm the goalie host, Simon Pazor, joined in solidarity by faithful squad mates, Matt. Peter. Yes. <laughs> Peter. Debuting, coming back after her debut in our most listened to episode. Everyone oh get a warm uh, snap. Welcome back to, of course, Ruby, special guest star. Oh my God, thank you. I'm like so honored to be here. Um, we can talk about billing after, but yeah, of course, you get the, you definitely get the width for sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thanks. That's the second best one, right? Pretty sure. Anyway, <laughs> so we are here to talk primarily about the season finale of the Last of Us TV show. However. Because I know Adam won't give a shit, and there's at least a decent chance that some of you might give a shit. I wanted to, they don't even know, I wanted to sneak in a talk about the Oscar winners at the beginning of the show. Oh uh, my yes. god. Oh god. I wanted to sneak this in, because I know Adam's going to be like, I don't know, I haven't seen a single movie in five years. You would Frantically watch Googles Oscars. Oscar winners. I didn't watch it. Absolutely Do you did not watch the Oscars. No, no, no. I just wanted to. Oh, it's okay. I attempted okay. to watch them. It's shockingly difficult. It's rough. So I just yeah. looked it up after. I looked at Twitter and Twitter told me that everything everywhere all at once did a clean sweep and I was happy. Yeah. Oh, well, my dog is scratching at the door. That's, I what am we're gonna, sorry. that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally fine. I, I think even like in his, I think Jimmy Kimmel hosted, right? And in his preamble, he talked oh, about how they, right. uh, how they Malayla. did, how they did, uh, you've derailed me now. God damn it. How, how they, yeah. uh, they decided to do all the, um, the categories on air where they weren't doing that before, like for a couple of years, they tried to trim it down. And he was even like, yeah, the people at home are going to fucking hate it, but it's not for them, I guess. And I'm like, well, it probably Did Jimmy Kimmel say fucking probably no. Well, not on That'd air. Be cool. but... That would be cool. I'd, maybe I'd watch if watch. he did. Yeah. yeah. I just bring... like the pretty fashion. I was yeah. hoping that they bring Will Smith. Back. Simple man. Will Smith. <laughs> the title fight back. Will Smith. I was really oh, hoping. God. And he just like show up in boxing gloves. I'm not going to watch any, this may be a controversial opinion, I'm not going to watch any uh, award show live that doesn't have Ricky Gervais as the host. Ew, I, ooh, he's Gervais. a good host. I need him tearing down people in my life. It's important. Ricky yeah, Gervais I like Jimmy Kimmel, but it was very sucks. tame. Yeah, too tame. Anyway, let's talk about <laughs> the awards because I'm curious what people think. Uh, so first, we'll just go for the top. We're not going to go in a dramatic order, so I'm just kind of curious what movie you guys have seen and what you guys think. Uh, best picture <laughs> was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yay! I don't know. Did Woo! anybody here see a movie that they preferred to Everything Everywhere All at Once this year? I only no. saw like one movie this year, so. <laughs> I watched Lord of the Rings again, but you know, not in <laughs> theaters. Um, <laughs> yeah, not a. I'm in a. Sorry, a new release. A new release in 2022. Oh, uh, 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 yeah. No. Some of that. Some of that yeah, might no, be that up for best picture. Sure. Yeah. Right. Which year did the Batman come out? Was that 2022? That was last year, right? I think so. That sounds right. Hmm. Interesting. I just thought maybe I'd see it in there uh, as opposed to some of these other movies that I haven't even heard of. But there you go. Yeah. I mean, I think the movie that I enjoyed the most next to everything everywhere all at once was Top Gun Maverick, but I wouldn't say that's best picture material. I never watched it, and I really regret not seeing it in theaters. So good. Oh, that would be fun It's a theaters. theater movie for mm-hmm. sure. A hundred percent, and I'm really butthurt that I missed it. Theater, uh, it can only—it's only second to when I was on a business trip. <laughs> business. Uh, 
I went. Oh, were you wintering in California? No, I was in Toronto for a conference. Thank you very much. And when I was watching oh. Top Gun Maverick on the plane, and like the opening scene, go figure it's a plane movie, has Tom Cruise taking off. And our plane took off at the same time that Tom Cruise took off. And that was better than a theater. That was like the ultimate 40. Once in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. It just everything lined up. Experience. It'll never be that. And of course, there I'm freaking out in this like plane. I'm like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. And like everyone around me is like, whatever. Go to sleep. <laughs> it's the yeah. real way to see it. Everyone who saw it in a theater is missing out, man. Yeah. No one has respect for the movies anymore. I'm going to watch it on my iPad, but really close to my face. So it feels like I'm in a theater. There you go. That's, oh, that's, that's good. the perfect way to do it. Get some like noise. Just put a fan on. Or something. <laughs> just like put your vibrator on the bed so it's like buzzing and it feels very it feels sensory it feels like you're in the plane there you go yeah exactly uh, and i'll give my girlfriend to like shake the bed it's immersive <laughs> that's you're giving d box theater another uh another name there d box uh. <laughs> i mean if d box seats included a vibrator maybe i'd pay for it i don't know God, if Brayden could uh, see yeah. us now if Brayden could I see mean, us now talk about vibrator buy all of my scene points <laughs> But like, hey, I don't think his grandma's listening, so we're safe. Yeah, his grandma's probably not listening. God bless her if she is. Uh, yeah, I mean, the other movies were fine. I, I'm surprised at how much love Elvis got. Did anyone else here see Elvis? I I really no. liked it. It's just like the longest movie ever, and he just does like an accent. And Tom Cruise is like a I... cartoon. The or Tom Hanks is a cartoon. The entire like it was fine. I like... love Baz Luhrmann. Oh yeah. Oh, so you're a big movie. I do love Baz Luhrmann. Baz yeah, Luhrmann's good I, shit. Yeah. I like any movie that feels like one really long acid trip with good soundtrack. Yeah, okay. And it had a good soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack was definitely good. Yep. Well, Baz Luhrmann fucks it up with some good soundtracks. The only movie I saw in theaters was Bros, though. So. <laughs> well, I, let's, maybe we'll keep going. Maybe Bros got put up there. But either way, it's good. I think that, oh that everything everywhere. Like, a, It's apparently the first science fiction movie ever to win, like true science fiction movie ever to win Best Picture um, in that um. category. Okay. I found what was really sad is that Michelle Yeoh was the first non-white woman to win best actress second but first asian okay because really? someone said first and i was like no way yeah like it's uh I for, it was only like a couple years oh. ago that i mean it's not good that we're all forgetting who it was but uh i'm pretty sure it was halle berry I, okay i also have memories In of halle what? berry i know halle berry has one i just don't know if it's best actress or best supporting actress oh she won it in it, it is 2002 for Monster Monsters Ball. Ball. What the, okay, what the never mind Monsters everything. Ball? I mean, Monster Ball is a big deal it's back in the day. It's with her and Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Hmm. Either way, yeah. Billy good Bob for Michelle Yeoh. Breaking star. new ground. Good for her, yeah. Anyway, so we'll keep moving on. Uh, so directing, the uh, the uh, nominees were uh, The Fablemans, Tar, Triangle of Sadness, never even heard of that one. And uh, Banshees of Inishirum, and then the Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Anytime you hear Everything Everywhere, it won. <laughs> so, there you go. They won for that. Actor in a leading role, I thought, I, I just feel in my soul that Peter here wants to talk about the Brendan Fraser essence that we're going through. I feel like... Oh. I feel like that's a that's a thing. Am I wrong? Are we not Brendan Fraser fans? Well, I'm just, into it. I it's just do such a feel-good comeback story, you know? Yeah. yeah. I missed him. I did miss him too. He's just yeah. like, he's so. It, like, when he got that one standing ovation, I was just like, oh. No. Well, and especially, yeah, like, I, I never knew. Everywhere. I never really knew the story of, like, why he left. I thought it was just one of those he's actors like that did stuff for a while and then stopped doing stuff. But it was like, 
no, I actually had a pretty horrible time, and yeah, I was basically blacklisted. So it's like, hey, good. Mm. It's not like it's maybe ninety nine percent fucked, but it's not a hundred percent fucked. Yeah, good job, and Hollywood. Robbie, I have, oh, he's 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 Canadian American. He is. Canadian? He's Canadian. What the fuck? Ooh, we got Brendan nice. Fraser. No fucking way. Yo. He has dual citizenship. He went to Upper Canada College, but he was born in Indiana. But he lived in Canada. We're getting that his fucks. entire. Well, that makes here. us cooler. There that you go. Fucks. That fucks indeed. Speaking of things that fuck, uh, actress and a lead. No, that didn't work out at all. But either way, Michelle Young, Michelle Yeoh won for everything ever once. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She totally deserved that. She dominated that movie. Actor in a yeah. supporting role, Ki Hue Kwan. I hope I pronounced that right for everything, everywhere, all at once. 100%. 100%. He was so good. He might nice. have, he should have popped off of the supporting role and hopped into acting and taken it from Brendan Fraser. That's how good he was in that movie. Wow. He truly was so good. Like, the emotion in everything that he said was just, like, so real. And it's crazy that this is, like, his first big comeback to acting mm-hmm. after so long. Like, you'd never know. Speaking of people who essentially got blacklisted, yeah. Like, it's it's crazy. Yeah. I, I recently rewatched it with my parents, and, like, the movie was a little bit much for 70-year-olds, but that's fine. But he's seriously the heart of that movie. I think, like, everyone obviously gives the performance of their life, but, like, the emotional comeback starts with him, right? He gets stabbed, and he's like, can't we all just be nice to each other? And then that goes I into the, the flashbacks. And then they have the line that makes me cry every time in another world. I'd like to do laundry intact with you or whatever he says. It's like, yeah. oh, he's just Every time so I'm good. folding laundry with my partner, we say that. And then we're both like, uh, uh. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> It was cute. Yeah. But I'm still butthurt about Stephanie Sue, though. Here's the thing. Let's get like, right into it. Let's get into the controversy. Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis wins over Stephanie. Is that how it's pronounced? I thought it was pronounced shoe. But... I think oh, it's shoe. I was... I was saying it with confidence and hoping that no one would call me out on it. Thanks, Ooh, guys. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Wow. What you said was Where's definitely correct. Uh, well, I am a young black woman trying to make it. A queer, <laughs> queer black woman trying I mean, to make it in great. this world. You're doing so it's good. It's not Black History Month anymore. Yeah, on Black History Month, we would have let that slip. But speaking of Black History Month, <laughs> as good, like I would, I haven't seen uh, Carrie Condon and the Banshees of Inner I have seen that one. I mean, she was fine. She did a pretty good job. I, I don't know. I haven't seen The Whale, so I can't speak to Hong Chao. Wait, what about the controversy? But this is the controversy. Like, did Angela oh, Bassett not up. totally fucking... Angela Bassett or Stephanie Hsu, right? Like, Jamie Lee Curtis should be third of that list. She's not even the best supporting actress in her own movie. And it's not like I didn't love her in it. But, like, Stephanie was just like... it. I think it's just... I loved her performance so much because it was so real. Like it's, she was a it's force such a of common, nature. and it's such a common thing happening, and like a lot of like queer uh, kids coming out to Asian families is that it's just kind of like, ooh, like oh, okay, yeah. Ooh. I mean, I don't know anything about this, but it could be like a favoritism thing. Like I've heard quite a few people like talk about how much they love Miss Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yeah. and uh, it could be like a favoritism thing. I don't know. I definitely do want to say that it is like it just felt like it because like everyone was so hyped to see her in it. Does Jamie mm-hmm. Lee have any other Oscars? Like, is this sort of a legacy pick? Like, may that maybe no. It. This was like, first win, first nomination. Yeah, exactly. So that wow. might be it. Not that I mean, because let's let's not shit on her too hard. She does do a great job in the yeah. Movie. She is also great in it. 
And yeah, like, of course, but this... yeah. And apparently she took but, a pay you know, cut to go be in the movie. Yeah, that's what nominations are for. But like, I feel like as great as Stephanie was, we're sleeping on Angela Bassett carrying and Black Panther too. I feel like it's it's as rigged as like RuPaul's Drag Race judging. Like it's just like for the storyline. <laughs> like like Jamie Lee Curtis got it because it was just like yeah. She did it! Woohoo! But yeah, Angela Bassett carried that. You get on the train of kind of like the hot movie, um, and then it's like, okay, well, do we give it to like the the person that's like been around forever and like was really good, and like this is their sort of like first shot at it, or do we give it to like the young up and comer? It's like Hollywood's probably gonna go with the person who's been around forever. Yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race judging. Like, it's just like she's a legacy pick. <laughs> like, that's like, I'm sure some people out there get like, you could pick anything. It's like, I could the... be like, it's like the NHL uh, officiating. <laughs> like, it's totally rigged. It's all about storylines. Like, you can just pick whatever you yes. want. Just say that. But, okay. Yes. For you, it's, it's because your I'm, I'm, I'm just butthurt. Because the season's like going on right now. I could, I could talk forever about it. But, like, wait. Jamie Lee Curtis filed a second U.S. patent application related to disposable diapers in 2016. What? Okay, we're going down too weird of a tangent. We're going to keep moving on the Oscars. <laughs> so, uh, writing adapted screenplay, women talking, one, it beat uh, Top Gun, she Maverick, Glass Onion, All Quiet, books. and Western Punk on the Western Front. and uh, Also, quick mention, oh, women talking is based on a book written by an author from Steinbeck. Really? Oh, yeah. cool. Fuck yeah. Steinbeck. I knew that. <laughs> I'm going to fight the municipality of Steinbeck. Just throw me off while I'm talking, just like whispering in my ear. And then I, 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 I like, you made me stop. And then I'm like, oh, shit. They're from Steinbeck. Like, I should probably give them some respect. And you're just like, yeah, fuck Steinbeck. Yeah, fuck like, Steinbeck. this, like, weird hobbly old crone that's wandered onto our podcast and started whispering wisdom. <laughs> Did the Wicked Witch stop torturing Snow White and she appeared here to tell us about Steinbeck? I mean, anyway. It's like a cautionary tale. There's nothing good in Steinbeck. Anyway. How? Oh, Costco. Never mind. How? Go on. How? Sorry. Okay. Is this what happens if if we don't record at six? Like you just the mania just I takes into over. A gremlin. This is the time of night where I'm usually like balls deep in Age of Empires. So mm. it's just I'm not used to talking with with polite company. I see. Okay, that's fair. I feel a little loopy myself. I'm a little surprised yeah. that uh, Glass Onion and Top Gun were adapted screenplay. Like, what? I thought didn't Ryan Johnson? Well, it's Ryan because Ryan? they're sequels. Oh. It's not that they're adapted uh, from something, uh, but they're they're like a continuation. Yeah, not with the technicality. Very nice. Okay, so writing uh, the Oscar for writing original screenplay, Banshees, Vindicarium, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness, Everything Everywhere All at Once got it, deservedly so. Cinematography, All Quiet in the Western Front beat out Bardo, Elvis, Empire of the Light, and Tar. This is the one where I was really surprised. That's why I was asking not to see the Batman in there because the Batman looked fucking fantastic. Hmm. It looked fantastic. Yeah, like the cinematography in it was remarkable. It had so many fantastic shots. Oh, sorry, I zoned out. I was looking at my axle. There's definitely like a superhero movie tax where like you like really gotta do it to get to get in for awards. Truly, like we had Doctor Strange come out this year. We had Black Panther, but like I don't think I heard anything. Yeah, like I understand your average MCU hmm. movie isn't going to get in for like, you know, probably directing or writing or best picture or anything like that. But you do expect to see more of them on like the technical things like costume design, and yeah, like the visual effects shit. and things like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, like how uh, famously uh, Suicide Squad won an award for <laughs> best costumes or whatever, right? Oscar Insane. award winner Suicide Squad. Not the Suicide yeah. Squad. Hey, well, Suicide you know what? The Squad. MCU is back on top with Oscars now because Black Panther picked up one for costume design. So, there Whoa! you go. Yeah. yeah. And welcome back from that ad break. Okay, so cinematography, yeah, All Quiet on the Western Front, one that we thought that maybe the Batman would be in there. Animated film, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio one. Did anyone here see Puss in Boots? Uh, no. no. Did you? I assumed it was going to be terrible. Apparently, it was actually quite good. Yeah, like it yeah. got such insane ratings. I heard ratings some people cry. I, made, uh, I really intended to watch it, but I didn't. I did watch The Sea Beast and Turning Red, which are both quite good. But yeah, Pinocchio Turning was, Red was pretty slapped. Oh, yeah, that was Red good. Turning Red anything? We'll find out. Uh, music, best original score, All Quiet of the Western Front won. Music, best original song was RRR. That, uh, what's the other one? Not Bollywood, but there's another one, right? Like Pollywood? Tollywood. What's the difference? Dollywood? I believe it's where they're based. Like Bollywood is called Bollywood because it's in um, formerly known as Bombay, I believe. That's why it's um, called Bollywood. I see. Hmm. So Tollywood is probably just a different film hub in India. I may be super wrong. Call me up. We're just gonna, it, but I look, think that's it. You're a white man with a beard, so we're gonna trust your authority and keep moving on. So production design. It's true. Uh, you sound legit. <laughs> all quiet on the Western Front. One. Uh, film editing. Everything everywhere all at once. One. I mean that one absolutely deserved the editing in that one. With was like the five editors. Yeah. Uh, documentary feature film. Documentary short film. There ain't no chance that either one of us or anyone here saw any of those. And uh, international feature film. All quiet on the Western Front, which is apparently on Netflix. Probably gonna watch this weekend. See what it's like. And then uh, visual effects, go figure. Avatar, <laughs> like twenty billion dollar yeah. movie. Yeah, the last one visual I mean, effects. they had to. Uh, costume design, yeah. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, one and uh, and sound design uh, was Top Gun Maverick, which is yeah, super well deserved because the planes sounded crazy. Partly because they were just like planes. That's kind of a cheat, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's. Uh, Let's get let's let's talk about uh, the Last of Us, right? That's what we're here for. The Last of Us. That's what this podcast yeah. supposed to be about. The Last yeah. of Us. Yeah. I was correct, by the way. In who? case you wanted to know, what? I just want yeah. everyone to know that I was right about Bollywood. Perfect. Oh. We just trusted you. Okay. You're so big brain. Yeah, exactly. So before we go into deep into the episode, I want to know what Ruby thought of the series in general because we haven't heard from from you. Ooh, um, I fucking I loved it. I just thought I. Th- thought overall the show has so much integrity like in everything that it did i thought the the music was so fucking good obviously the casting i love mr uh, daddy pedro i'm one of those people watching all the tiktoks about him right Poppy now pedro. um legally i have to um i just thought it was so good like i i don't even have that much i th- feel like i'll have more constructive things to say when we dive into the finale and all of that um but i just thought it was such a wonderful rendition and they they paid homage to like the DLC and all these wonderful little scenes that I remembered and then still like made some what I believe are original scenes that we did not have before as well. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. So, I think what if I'll, I'll catch you up to where we have been the, like the past, particularly yeah. last week in general, we all kind of agree that like everything that the show is showing is great, but we're missing. It feels like it's too short. Like we want it to be like a 13, 14 
episode season. I wish they were like hour, like longer episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I can't because they're only half an hour. I can't believe that. Well, they're like 40, 40 Yeah, they vary. Like, this one forty three was oh, the shortest really? one. Okay. Yeah. I cannot oh, believe okay. that this like the ending one was so short. Like I remember looking on IMDb when it was coming up and just being in denial. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like my fiance after the episode ends, like cuts to black. She's like, "That's it." That was 12 <laughs> minutes long. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it ended by. where it should have, but it, it felt like, and that means we're only going to get two seasons then, right? Yeah. No, they, they've already said some stuff about the next one. So they said that the... Uh, yeah, two seasons. No, no they... Uh, I thought that... Okay. Maybe IGN lied to me, but I'm, I saw a headline. No, I, be- said, I believe there is recent news that um, the second game is going to be split into two seasons. Yeah, split into multiple seasons. It's also apparently... Yeah. They said they're going to take some more creative liberties from the game. We'll see what that says. But by the way, uh, for everyone huh. out there, we'll say spoilers for both uh, part one and part two of the game. And Yeah, uh, spoilers. Joel yeah, yeah. lives in part two. Totally does. Yeah, he, well, he mm-hmm. will in the new one. That's the creative liberties they'll take, right? And they also said there's going to be way more infected in action in season two because I guess heard the I'm feedback. I'm very happy for that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. We we got maybe like three episodes with zombies. Like we didn't see any in like the last two. It's yeah, true. Joel I mean, and Ellie haven't much, like, seen a zombie since episode four. Four, I want to say might, five, might be five right. yeah but at least like half the season I feel like there was barely any combat I feel like the 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 shooting and shit like that took up like a decent chunk of the game well, yeah. yeah like being in standoffs and stuff we only had like maybe one or two of them no I do I do want to go through the episode in order but since we're talking about this now <clears throat> one of the things like last week and the week before when we were talking about it I was kind of I don't want to say shitting on it that'd be too tough but that was one of my main criticisms is I agree with you guys that there's not enough action. And yet I thought that it totally paid off in that, like I was one of the people who well, I'm talking about the, the ending of Joel's choice, right? Joel's uh, heel turn, shall we say? Right. Um, Cause I do want to talk about the scenes that come before this with Ellie's mom, with the giraffe, of course, but with Joel's heel turn, like in the game, I, I feel like you have been killing fireflies with like decent regularity. Like they weren't necessarily like guys that you get along with the entire time. So you're killing them as you go through. And then it's just like, I have a gun. There's people in front of me. I'm going to shoot them. Like it makes sense. So that's why I totally sided with Joel in the game. Mm-hmm. Whereas clearly in the show, they want you to see that Joel's the bad guy for doing this. Like this is a, an objectively bad choice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't definitely. know. Definitely, definitely. This is like... I don't know. I kind of agree with you, Simon. I mean, they even said it on the podcast, right? Like, I think Neil Druckmann called this, like, Joel's villain turn or something like that. Like, they definitely want to see this as, like, look at how far he's willing to go for love. Like, this is... He's dooming humanity. Like, that's the way people want to look at this. he's so valid for it? Well, yeah, we can (laughs) We can understand what he's... Why he's doing it, but that doesn't mean it's the right choice. But in the game, I was... said no vaccines... He said, "I'm anti-vax." He okay, said, Alberta. My right to choose. Yeah. Okay, Alberta, Whoa, calm okay. down. Okay. The point is, I don't want informed consent. I don't want this to be a two-hour-long podcast. Okay. So the point was <laughs> that I thought that actually having a lack of action throughout the entire show, and then they really don't hold back from the action at all. Like Joel probably matches the kill count from the rest of the series combined in this final scene and i thought that actually made it work really well because they're doing such little killing and such little violence the entire time that all of a sudden he just butchers a bunch of people and they have a whole bunch of like shots of their dead faces with the bullet holes in them and so i was like oh i I thought that actually made the lack of violence in the rest of the season actually made this ending a little bit more poignant 
It felt too easy. It did feel easy. Like he had no struggle. Like, they when had that happened, I feel like there was no struggle. He just breezed through it like like butter yeah, on he bread. Was, he was playing you know on story mean? mode. Like, where was like, the struggle? For sure. yeah, oh, of course. And sure. he was like newly recovered from being all stitched up and shit too. Yeah. So he was playing Minecraft peaceful mode. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't yeah. playing on grounded uh, on grounded mode. Yeah, I didn't really have an issue with the lack of violence. It was more just like lack of infected. Like I didn't need a, like a bunch of fight scenes, but I would have loved just a few little bits of them having to avoid infected because it really seemed like once they got out west, they more or less just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially since um, they set up these new concepts, especially in episode two, where we're seeing kind of like this network of um, cordyceps, and if you step in this one right, place, how it like spreads like a yeah. underground, which mushrooms do in real life. Exactly, and that like if you step in one place, it's gonna alert something like a mile away, and then they just never came back to that. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah, they yeah, painted like off like a spider in that web. It's true. And it never came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, even in that final episode, I noticed moments where I could see Joel visibly staring at the ground as they traveled, like scanning to make sure that where they went was okay so i did appreciate that little detail but like otherwise yeah they don't really mention it too much oh well i, I didn't even notice that that's good detail okay we'll start from the top and we'll, we'll work our way through so we'll get back to that jewel stuff so we from get apparently apparently they tried to make a comic book or like a live action short of this scene that the episode starts off with um mm-hmm. where they get con- so this was all i guess always their idea of how ellie became immune um but they never actually got to to play it but of course it gets ashley johnson comes back who plays uh ellie in the game as we all know and she does such a wonderful job i i, I forget if it was on the podcast or if it was on the one of the reddit threads i was reading about this but someone commented on how they without even being able to see it they knew it was ashley johnson by her grunt when she was running <laughs> like imagine having a famous grunt like that's well, just crazy I've been, watching, I've been watching vox machina with um ashley yes. johnson in it and like it's for the first few episodes, all I could hear was Ellie. When it's just like a completely different character, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's super fair. I probably would, too. She's so iconic. Anyway, so she she, uh, she gets bit by an infected in, in an ensuing fight and then gives birth. This is also like, I don't know. I know, like, you know, I went to grade 12 health class or whatever. I guess, is it possible to give birth while doing something else? Like, if you're doing something so strenuous that you give birth and you don't even notice? Yeah, I mean, she was probably bearing I mean, I could, the I could fuck see down. It. I mean, I was assuming, like, I've never given birth, but I was assuming that she was, like, going through contractions and shit while she was running through that. I think it's that fight-or-flight mode, right? Mm-hmm. I think she just went fight because she had to. Like, it kind of overrode things. Like, just that baby just like it did, it did with Joel. It yeah. That baby was definitely coming when she was, like, getting to the house. Like... Yeah, like, she was, honey, she was dilated. Exactly. Like, she was ready. She was struggling. And then, like, when you're, she's probably, like, super tense, like, fighting with this infected. Um, so it, it didn't feel unbelievable for sure. Um, but probably, like, when the adrenaline wore down just, like, a slight bit um, and she noticed the baby was out, I think, I think it was, like, kind of realistic enough. Can we acknowledge, like, how poetically splendidly beautiful it is that she's playing ellie's mom yeah just and she's giving birth to the new ellie Uh, yeah and show ellie killed game joel it's so nice yeah it's it's just watching her give birth i couldn't i couldn't help but think this is like the most extreme example of um 
you know, like when you like hit your hand to like cover up some other pain that your body has. Oh yeah. It's just yeah. like, hey women, like tips for childbirth, just get attacked by a zombie and you won't even notice the baby come out. Won't Epidural, who notice. needs it? <laughs> just get me just a zombie. Fight for your life, yeah. All I need is a bite to the thigh. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so then uh, Marlene comes in and we get the reveal that uh, I think her name is Anna, right? That uh Yeah. That Anna and yes. Marlene have yeah. been besties for a long time. Also, as I'm sure everyone knows, I know that Pete he knows, uh, but that the babies were real. That these were like real 17 day old babies. But yes, that was a fresh baby, and they yeah. were two. Yeah. yeah, they were twins. Fraternal. That's something I appreciate because I used to work in film and like know a tiny bit about it. And it's like you know when they have a baby, it's really hard to get babies and even children like to do the the labor laws and shit for that. So like to have a fresh little baby, they must that must have like been quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Usually they're like two months old, and you're like that's a big ass baby. HBO got pull. Yeah, because when yeah. when that scene happened, I was staring at this baby like that is a fresh baby. Like mm. I w- I was thinking like. A month old, but yeah, 17 days. Holy crap. Just a Freshly wee Freshly harvested thing. from HBO's baby farm. <laughs> yeah. oh, genuinely. <laughs> there was like a lineup of, of moms being like, I'm ready. Fresh enough to be ugly as fuck still. What's the, it's a healthy baby organization. That's what it sounds like. Healthy for. baby <laughs> organization. <laughs> anyway, so uh, to keep things nice and light and breezy. So then you get a wonderful talk where uh, Anna's like, she bit me after. after or no. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I cut the cord like, before, after. before. Yeah, and it's just like it's such a perfect mirror for the end of the episode where Marlene almost assuredly knows that she's lying, but she's like, whatever. We'll, oh yeah, we'll take the chance. Right. And then imagine just having to like just go and fucking shoot your best friend in the face. That's what makes it so. This was such a perfect scene because then when she's talking to Joel later in the episode, and Joel's like, "You don't know what I've been through." She's like, "Bro, I shot my best friend in the face." Yeah, like, I, I do just know love, what I've been through. Yeah. I love the fact that. Marlene had to leave the room, like get the baby's ears covered, and then go back and not even say anything and shoot her in the Did face. Did not hesitate, also. Yeah, and it's it it, it um mirrored what um that Karen two and a half men lady, yeah Karen, um when she shot the doctor, she also left the room, came back with a clear goal in mind, and shot the doctor. And it's just kind of like that working up the courage, coming back in with a fresh, like, being like, okay, momentum. If I stop at any point in this, and you know if Marlene stopped and said, like, sorry or anything, she couldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, so long and thanks for all the fish, at least. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would have sang her a little song. <laughs> yeah. So to clarify, like, this was not at all in the video game, correct? No, correct. this hasn't been in any adaptation okay. so yeah. Okay. Imagine if Marlene was just like, Party rockers in the house tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to hear before I'm shot in the head. Yeah. Man, shout out to the real fucking monster of this show, though. That other firefly that definitely did not cover baby Ellie's ears. Yeah. No. Rude. Hearing very loss. rude. You had one job. Mm-hmm. How hard could it be to, yeah, to hold point. a baby and cover the ears? Babies don't have audio reflexes. Don't take babies to sporting events, people. <laughs> Babies Those... don't have ears, dummy. No, no, I remember hearing this like a few years ago. I'll gonna hop my uh, my soapbox again. I probably told Matt at some point, but like way back in the day when the Jets were playing at the outdoor arena, like there was a complaint that the people had to with babies had to pay like for tickets for their kid, like even if it was like a you know a seventeen day old baby. What the fuck is that about? And the people were calling in and like this is fucking bullshit. And then I was listening to just like the radio show, which no longer exists anymore because fuck Bell. 
and uh, and someone called in. He's like, hi, I'm a doctor of audiology. Here's the facts. And I've never forgotten this. He's like, never take your babies to one of these events because oh. the reason they have to wear the headphones is because they don't have audio reflexes. Like you're the fucking muscles in your ear, whatever, they'll contract and actually protect you. That's why everything sounds like quieter after you've gone to a concert concert because your ears have contracted babies don't have that they have no protection so it's just pure ear damage and then of course the people on the uh talk show were like well what about those big headphones you always see at sporting events and he's like never wear those because at the same time their skull isn't solid so you're just squeezing your baby's brain oh my god so ladies and gentlemen psa jets fan straight yeah this, I'm only like eight years too Jets late. Fan but leave your babies at home, people. Head. Okay. Unless he's a huge Jets fan. You're exactly right. Yeah. That's worth it. Yeah. That's the one. He loves going. He loves it. He loves it. Anyway, so let me get back to uh, present Joel and Ellie. Let's let's keep moving things forward. Uh, Joel finds, what was it? Uh, Chef Boyardee. Who doesn't love that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then a, a boggle or something? Boggle, yeah. Boggle. I just found the way he said Fucking boggle. Love is so boggle. funny. The way that he's in full dad mode trying to, like, comfort his teenage daughter but not knowing how to make everything okay. <laughs> he's just trying to make her smile. He's trying so hard. Yeah. And, like, twice instilling that he wants to teach her something with, yeah. like, the boggle and the guitar. After yeah. Ellie's been, like, asking him to, like, teach her stuff, it was like, oh. How do we feel about, like, last week, I'm going to go to Matt here, actually. Last week, we talked about how we wanted there to be more time like, between the episodes, right? That was the thing that we kept saying. Like, they just leave the mm-hmm. thing. And so, like, they were in the dead of winter. I know they've moved along, but they're still in the Midwest. It's not like they went, like, super south. And now it's clearly spring, right? Like, there's not, yeah. there's no snow on the ground. That's there's true. no nothing. Like, it's been, it's been a large later. period of time. Yeah, well... We got. I don't remember a specific scene from the game, so maybe the game just jumped directly from that. But like, this is another perfect example in this episode. Everything that we see, I think, was great. But like, I just feel like we needed more fat on it. But Matt, I feel like I haven't heard from you in a while, so I want to throw that one to you. Yeah, it was definitely one of those things where it's like when you see it, it's like, oh, I guess this is in the future. There's no snow. Joel's walking around fine. Last time we saw it, they were limping off towards a frozen lake, and now we're casually strolling down a green road. Um, it's like, I mean, yeah, if you have a time jump, have a time jump. But when you had a time jump before, they specified that it was a time jump, so it's a little bit weird they didn't do it this time. Um, That's true. But, uh, yeah, like, I was worried that this episode was going to feel rushed because it was fairly short. I was especially worried when we had not only a cold open, but we, like, wrapped up the cold open after the credits. <laughs> it's like, well, there's yeah. not a lot of time for the actual episode here. Um, the episode pacing itself was fine, but yeah, I, I think we're missing at, at least one episode between eight and nine. Um, because I have the sneaking suspicion that on a rewatch, it's really going to feel like we had a string of seven episodes that were all sort of pretty congruent, like time-wise with each other. And then we just have like two individual fully separate episodes, um, to end the season. Um, so yeah, I really would have liked an episode 8.5 in here somewhere to just get a little bit of, um, character work. And I think the beginning, the like first half of this episode does a good job of putting that kind of stuff in there. Um, but this does feel, I think the last two episodes, because they're so separate from the rest, they do feel a little bit like tacked on to the end. There's not like a smooth flow through the season into them. 
Yeah, it's just suddenly, mm. like, all of this character development, too. And it feels like, um, especially at the beginning of the episode there, it feels like, oh, suddenly they're, like, like a 100% like father and daughter. Like they're, It's true. Yeah, it felt yeah. like a huge tone shift that I would have appreciated a bit more easing into that. It's true, like, when he, when she comes out of that burned down, like, cavern or ski club or whatever and hugs her and says, like, I got you, baby girl, and then you're like, okay, she's adopted now, Mm -hmm. and then just skip to they're adopted or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, I think, Simon, you said it before, it's like, in the game, it's sort of a ramp, or in the show, it's like a staircase where you can sort of, you notice the steps every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this was a big step. And I get why they want to do that, because they need them to be in an awkward spot. Like, they talk about it repeatedly. It's actually, I think that's maybe the first time where the podcast about the episode was longer than the actual episode, but it was still a great podcast. And they talk about how, you know, their version of I love you, they're never going to say I love you to each other. So their version of I love you is telling bad jokes and trying to play boggle. Like, that's their version of I love you. So I know that they want them to be in kind of this awkward but now we're revealing our feelings to each other's state when they do get ambushed mm-hmm. but i don't know like you're the professional writer not me like you find a way to make it work it still feels like it's a little bit of a a jump because like i didn't even think about it matt it's so mm-hmm. true like these two are both badly injured particularly joel yeah. and now they're just like totally they fine. certainly were yeah like he got over like sepsis yeah this dude was lying. yeah he sure did and shit. then he was yeah, and he, he was just up and going. Yeah, and he had like shitty stitches too. Like, and it wasn't, yeah, because his wound was infected. Like, you'd think that he'd still be suffering a little bit later on. I kind of would have liked to see like more of his like anxiety towards things. But maybe he was just so focused on making sure that Ellie was okay that he wasn't even thinking of himself. Yeah, I could have used like a shot or two just at the beginning of just like you know oh, okay checking out the thing how's it feeling oh yeah not bad you know just like some acknowledgement, acknowledgement. this major thing happened <laughs> yeah. before so it, it just feels very separate again even if everything inside it is actually really good um i will say the one like i think in this episode joel's sort of like dadness also works to sort of highlight how traumatized ellie is um so it's like that it's sort of ramped up to show you know it's it's another step but it's also working to sort of like show it's like no she's like really affected here and i think that worked pretty well mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally. no it's true go ahead ruby oh it's true it's just it reminds me of like um yeah that's such a parent thing to do right mm-hmm. noticing that someone's not okay and trying harder and harder and having them pull away like yeah he was like overcompensating almost just like trying really yeah, it almost hard. seemed uncharacteristic yeah like it, it really threw me off in the beginning um so it felt like just such a big shift but like by the end of the episode i wasn't even thinking of it but are they like are they trying to imply because i mean i think one of you said it had been a month but it looks like it's been way more than that like it's so mm-hmm. green we're gonna get into the green yeah. shot in the entire show in a second here but this is like this is it's been at least a couple months like like if the other one, if the winter was at the end of March, we'll say, like, this is, like, April or May. Like, it's been a couple mm-hmm. months at the very least. Are you telling me that Ellie has been shut down and awkward for two months straight? Exactly. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. really felt like, like, hey, Joel, is this, like, the first day she's suddenly acting like this? Like, it kind of made me think, like, why is she acting like this? And I was like, oh, yeah, she's, like, horribly traumatized. But it felt like, I don't know, it just... 
felt kind of weird. I wish there was more exploring that. So, like, an 8.5, yeah. I would definitely be down for. Yeah, it, w- it would have made more sense today, like, to me if they had been like, okay, we've kind of established that it's been two months or so. They're together now. Um, you know, maybe they're going about their day and something happens to Ellie and she feels triggered or yes. like she's reminded of this experience and then she's really in her head. And I would be like, okay, I understand where her head's at right now. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it. this was just like we literally jumped forward a month and like they're like finally kind of like interacting each other, with each other again. I don't know if that makes sense. But it just felt like they hadn't had this conversation before of like Ellie feeling being like closed off and Joel not knowing what to do. It felt like this was a new development and he didn't know what to do. Yeah. It should have been. Yeah. I could have used something like, you know, it's like, Oh, like you've been, you know, however, for a while now, you just yeah. some like acknowledgement that this mm-hmm. isn't like the next day. Yep. Help yeah. The well, usually it's the other way around, right? She's trying to bring him out of his shell. Yeah, like exactly. That, that part is the, the poetic niceness, but to keep it, to keep it moving on. So uh, they did, they added in someone that I was very happy to see. They added in a little more of them just traversing the environment, right? Ellie had to get boosted up by Joel and throw down a, a ladder. I was boost. very happy to have it. There should have been some of that in every fucking episode. Like, it's yeah. just such a there big part of the boosts. game. There also, were a couple, just, but they need to be way more. Her just True. dropping that ladder, ma'am. Ma'am, ma'am. Yeah, why didn't we get any of Joel just wrapping a bandage around the same part of his wrist every time? I know. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, even once that he got hurt. It needs to like that's how just once. If like he popped up after the end, like they just leave the steakhouse or whatever, it's on fire, and Ellie's like, "But you're cut," and he's like, "It's fine. I wrapped a bandage around it. I wrapped a bandage around my wrist." He's like, "I'm good." And so now my stomach is better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Gucci. I wouldn't have even minded that. Anyway, so then we get into the giraffe scene, which is almost like again. Like word oh. for word verbatim, just like the uh, the TV show. I know I, I I can hear you, Caitlin. I know that you're I'm probably trying so scene. hard to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I really I appreciate it because I feel like I know what you're gonna say, and so I'll just pass the mic to you to say it. <laughs> so I, I was uh, whew, I was shitting myself in that scene because I was like, this giraffe <laughs> looks like shit. This is the worst fucking looking giraffe. What the hell? What the, I thought it looked awful. And I remember turning to Angie and being like, man, this giraffe, right? And she was like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> and we were all like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And then later on that night, I was like, oh, my God, it was a real fucking giraffe. It was a giraffe from, from the zoo, literally right beside my work. I was like, oh. And I guess it just, they were saying it probably looked weird because, like, everything behind it was CGI'd. But I think yeah. there was some, so like, was the weird real blue or not? screen like real life incongruency because yeah i was like oh that's a pretty good cgi giraffe <laughs> it's like I'm... nope that's a real ass giraffe yeah it's a great okay one. so it was real it was real yeah 100%. allegedly yeah, okay that's yeah, what was i was thinking because at screen. first i was like i was like what the fuck is happening here but then when she hands hand the leaf that that like physical hand-to-hand interaction looks so solid that i was like yeah. that can't be cgi because that transition of like two items meeting each other is so hard mm-hmm. yeah I just thought that um, the giraffe was being, like, too expressive and too, like, I don't know. I guess I just have never. It's a well-trained giraffe. There's no yeah. argument. Yeah. Like, Apparently. the giraffe knew natural go. actors. Yeah. yeah. It was so good. I thought it was CGI. <laughs> I want to make that the title of the episode, but then no one would fucking listen to our podcast. Giraffe <laughs> giraffes are natural. <laughs> exactly. That's going to be the, the description. Everyone's going to be confused. What? I want to go to the zoo now and see if it was like, if like outside the enclosure is like as seen on The Last of Us. 
Oh my god, fucking He'll maybe. be a celebrity. Oh. Yes. Yeah. That'd be sick. One thing I also noticed too that I wish I had paused and zoomed and enhanced like that not hacker I am, <laughs> but it it pans out a little bit in that scene and you can see like or shortly after Ellie has like little three little buttons on the back of her backpack and I was like I want to know what those fucking buttons are cuz I was thinking about like the button they get when they go to the museum and yeah. anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and I feel I didn't notice this before, but I think she might have a Transformers thing on her backpack. Hell yeah, she's so based. You gotta. Never yeah, mind. It's definitely just a, a crumpled up metal thing. Oh, oh. well, that's no, also almost cool. fine. So what I want to throw at the three of you is, and I, who here has listened to the official podcast already? I haven't listened to the whole episode for this one. Perfect. And I've only two? listened to to the podcast for episode one. Okay. Yeah, I've Ruby? listened to all the other ones, though. Not at all. Excellent. Okay, because the podcast is actually spoiled what I'm about to talk. So when they were uh, going through the episode themselves, Craig Mazin, the guy, the, the glow-up guy, Chernobyl guy, comes in and he gives his interpretation of the scene. And then Troy Baker, so, they, so Troy Baker is the host of the podcast, the people out there who don't know. They have Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin on every episode. In a couple of the episodes, I think they've had a guest star. In this particular case, it was Asa Johnson who was there. So they had, like, the original trilogy of the, of the you know, the main people, and then Craig, of course. And so Craig gives his interpretation on this scene. And then immediately after that, Troy Baker's like, oh, when I was doing the scene, I literally thought the exact opposite of what you're talking about right now. <laughs> and so Neil and Craig both thought one thing. And Ashley Johnson and Troy, who did the scene, interpreted a completely different and actual opposite way. So before I reveal what their interpretations were, I want to go to you guys and think what you guys take out of this scene. So like we're kind of talking about, uh, like you know, Joel's interactions, Ellie, how they're both feeling, like what they're what they're thinking in these moments, all that kind of stuff, like you know how Ellie is interpreting this scene in the context of what's just happened to her kind of thing. I don't want to use specific words that they use because that might lead the witness too much, but who wants to be brave and give their interpretation first? Well, uh, I can be dumb and ask ooh. which scene? The giraffe scene. Yeah, the giraffe. The giraffe. Oh, yeah, the, the giraffe. giraffe. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. With the, I mean, they took the music straight from it. It's uh, Gustavo's one of his best um songs of course called vanishing grace it's lovely it's amazing yeah occasionally if i just want to i'll just like put on, i'll just like go to youtube find vanishing grace like 10 hours i'll just put it on and it just calms everything everything down all right well i, I um, can jump in on it um sure oh yeah please for, for me uh correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that the giraffe comes somewhere in the big like science museum um section of the game if I'm correct, uh, no, I, I think you're thinking of the you're thinking of the dinosaur scene probably in 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 two. The giraffe is like exactly oh. in this moment. This is almost like scene yeah, for scene yeah, yeah. from the first game. That's um, right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I think my point will still stand. Um, yeah, for me, I see it as like this is a very sort of father daughter thing that like in Joel's mind, like firmly establishes Ellie as his as his daughter and sort of like solidifies his choice later on um where there's like this is his kid now there's nothing he will do there's nothing he won't do for her you know it's a it's a dad taking his kid to the zoo mm -hmm. basically it's kind of how i saw it okay who next yeah 
I think so too. Um, I mean, I thought for me, it was pretty unanimous, like unanimously received, like at least in the game, I really felt that it's this, this moment of clarity and mindfulness where you're kind of reminded that she is a child. And I think it is that lovely thing of parents getting to, <clears throat> sorry, revisit, um, that little place of whimsy that they don't tap into anymore getting to see someone else like you know like kids like at christmas and stuff mm -hmm. so i feel like for me it's one of those um very wonderful i'm a hippie so very wonderful <laughs> kind of hopeful moments where you're reminded of that again um you know amongst all this badness and turmoil and shit just like an affirmation of like why why you keep going that's very much how i feel about that scene you almost said word for word one of their uh, one of their interpretations ruby so good job i guess <laughs> depending if you, you agree with it but <laughs> Caitlin yeah so I interpreted it kind of like I felt like the giraffe kind of represented um Jesus Christ and that <laughs> Ellie represented the Ooh. holy ghost and Joel was the father Joel's as the his father, role yeah. entails and they were giving an offering and then Joel Joel was like, let's go get baptized. There you go. Makes sense to Sick. me. Well, yeah. okay, so yeah. I'll give you the official interpretation. So Craig came on to say that basically Ellie's been in a funk for the past however long it's been, and Joel's been trying, like, relentlessly to break it out. And he's especially talking about it from the perspective of One would of say parents. religiously. Although I think, yeah, sure. Oh, I think that everyone's <laughs> kind of been on both sides of that. We've both been the person who's, like, just in a funk, and then the other people can't break out of it, and probably also trying desperately to get someone to uh, to feel better and, and failing. It's not a good place to be on either side of it. So Joel's been going through this with Ellie, and then he sees her laugh at a giraffe, and he thinks, okay, she's going to be okay. She's still in there. She's traumatized because she just butchered a guy, a pervert in the face, a religious pervert. That must have been the Satan, right? Because he was the angel, but he fell, right? Is exactly. that the, your interpretation? That Perfect. Antichrist. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 exactly. So then he's he sees this, and he's like, okay, so... She's not totally traumatized. Ellie is still in there. There's a glimmer of hope. And that's why he thinks, hey, like, now that I've seen this glimmer of hope, you know, we don't have to do this, right? That's the conversation they have after this. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, like, the university somewhere, but maybe maybe we don't have to go. And then uh, Neil, the guy who wrote the scene originally, had a similar interpretation. He thought, he said that, uh, I just made some quick Coles notes. Uh, nature essentially shook her out of it. The Last of Us, a big theme is nature's reclamation, right? So mm. the beauty of nature is what breaks her out of it when she's been having all these like people problems. And that's also why Joel was like, why are we doing this? Like they thought that as a natural transition, whereas Troy and Ashley both thought it was the other way. And Troy actually lashed on to something that Ashley said uh, when she was Ellie, which is her reaction to seeing the elephant is this is so the fucking elephant? cool. Oh, the elephant, the giraffe is this is so <laughs> fucking cool. Like that's what she says. <laughs> Uh, excuse my flubs. I'm trying to read and talk, and I'm bad at both. So, uh, but she says so. So, Troy said this is the the contradiction of the pure. She used to be innocent, but now she's profane. Not that she has been like not swearing the entire time, but he saw this as like her innocence is gone, and it's never coming back, and she's forever changed now. Like she's a different person. And right, whereas, like, yeah, yeah, whereas like six, eight months ago, a year ago, she might have lost her shit completely to this giraffe. Now it's a more subdued thing and actually ashley johnson again the original ellie thought the same thing she said that you know th that this is so fucking cool is as much excitement as she could have because she saw it as a very sad moment this is something that ellie previously would have been really excited about but now like i said 
Ashley Johnson saw it as this, this is a moment where we knew that, uh, that Ellie was forever changed. So they literally came at it from opposite sides. The That's writers wild. versus the actors, which was pretty fucking crazy. And so I'm sorry that I was so vague when I was leading it up to it. But I didn't want to, like, say Innocence Lost or something and then, like, you know, lead you guys too much. But now that you know the two interpretations, where do we fall? I'll go to Matt again. I'll go in the same order. Uh, where do you fall on those two interpretations? Um, I still see it as a moment of Ellie's sort of like childlike innocence shining through, you know, like she's been, um, you know, beaten down by this world. I mean, literally beaten in some cases, um, you know, like super traumatized. And then, yeah, there's just sort of like moment of light shining through. I, I still think it's, yeah, it's like a, it's, it's a, a nice innocence moment. Ruby, hmm. you stand by what you said? Um, yeah, pretty much. I think, I think you know, um, being an altered person is kind of like archaeology. Like, we're still the same underneath, but we have a bunch of layers, and maybe those layers disapparated, uh, or the word I'm looking for, for a moment. So I still stand by it. But I think that's really interesting to hear about how that felt for the performers. Yeah. And Caitlin, what do you think of the elephant? Yeah, so that zebra, hey? Um, I found that, yeah, so now hearing the interpretation, I think it definitely changes my biblical, um, thoughts a bit, but the fact that I still think it is, like, positive in that it's still Ellie, you know, things are still gonna bring her joy, but she's just a little different now. Things are gonna be okay, it's gonna be hard, and it's not gonna be the same, but things are gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. And in a fucked up way, like all that fighting and awful shit she did, like, you know, both of them have led them to still be able to have a moment like that. Yes. You know what I mean? They're still it's like happiness. right time, right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll make it a four Pete. That's exactly what I thought when I was watching it um, in the original time. And then again, in this time, I was like, yeah. Okay, so something like so remarkable, like a goddamn giraffe just next to you is still so powerful that it can shake your own. Oh, once in a lifetime. And, yeah. That's, and this like this beautiful tender moment before they go and do whatever, uh, whatever they're going to do. Speaking of beautiful tender moments, they get a couple more going in, unless someone has more to say about the giraffe scene, the terrible CGI giraffe scene. <laughs> I'm still, I'm good. Extremely shook, but yeah, go ahead. That's okay. I saw a lot of people on Twitter. That's why I knew that you had that coming. Cause I saw a lot of people <laughs> on Twitter, probably including you who were like, it was fucking real. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so then uh, Ellie tells Joel some some joke books, and there are some joke, not some joke books, some puns, and they're really bad. Like I love dad jokes, but those were those were rough. The weakest Uh, one so far, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And then (laughs) scraping uh, the bottom of the barrel. Then they get flashbang knocked out, and here we are. Now we're in an entirely new place. Now we're talking to Marlene, and Marlene gives a good impression. I remember us talking at the beginning, like in episode one. We were talking about how they, they were so uh, adamant on how there can never be a vaccine for this. But I thought their explanation was actually pretty good, right? It was basically, I mean, it's been used, I feel like, in so many sci-fi things, right? Like, you just have to have the device that makes the enemy think you're one of them. I feel like I've seen that a billion times. But it's not a vaccine. Yeah but, yeah, but it still, yeah. it still works. It's, you know, just because it's a cliche doesn't mean it's a bad thing. So, like, that was a pretty good explanation. I, I actually... <laughs> Considering where I was at the beginning of the season, I, I did buy into the fact that this cure might actually uh, work. But this was a pretty tough conversation between Joel and Marlene, kind of as we alluded to earlier. 
I still think scientifically, like they didn't have to for dra- for drama's sake, they had to hop to we need brain, give me that good brain. <laughs> give me that brain. But like they could have been like, we're gonna have her for some tests. We're so appreciative. Let's do some blood work and shit like that. And then, but that wouldn't have made sense for the show. So I'll just stop talking. But you're yeah. so you're so you're valid. On, like I'm still so like, did they really have to take her without explaining, without giving her the yes. option? And Awful. like. Marlene says that Ellie would have agreed, but just the fact that she never got the chance Mm -hmm. to even know or say goodbye or say goodbye, or even to have the ability to be scared to even have any awareness of why she's going to die. Like even if Ellie was going to say, yes, let's do it. And maybe she would have, it was just so like you can't just take that away from someone also like shitty conversation for marlene to have too that kind of been fun for her as well Oh, of course yeah yeah it's rough all around i think we forget sometimes the fireflies are like pseudo terrorists mm-hmm. um and so we it's like I, I, yeah yeah and so i was sort of seeing like marlene and joel are sort of like the opposites in this where it's like the marlene and the fireflies they're like freedom and a cure no matter the cost and joel is like ellie is safe no matter the cost um and it's like they're both kind of assholes in oh, yeah. this they are you know? oh 100 yeah. ellie doesn't have agency in it no matter what yeah and like she probably would have done it mm-hmm. like marlene's right about I, that yeah, but she still so. took the choice away from her exactly yeah. it's like two shitty parents <laughs> yeah one parent's trying to kill you best. the other parent's yeah. trying Seriously. not to by the there way there are two wolves <laughs> there, are two there are two elephants there are two elephants you have an elephant and a giraffe on your shoulder yep. which one do you feed which one do you <laughs> feed that's exactly right actually there was a scene that we skipped over at part of the thing because i just i don't want this. again i'm trying not to keep these things to feature film length but where joel talked about uh how he got the scar. I don't think this was from the game. Uh, how he got the scar on his <laughs> face. Know how I, I don't remember it. Scars. Yeah. Uh, but he got the scar because he was attempting to commit suicide. I do not remember that from the game. And they talk about that. Mm-mm. And then like, it's such a powerful line that he says. And yet I thought it also, again, maybe, maybe I'm not as invested in this as I should be. I don't know. Maybe it's because I like the game so much. That's how I'll like frame this. So I'm not a, a jerk. That, like, I prefer the gradual ramp up. But when Joel is just, like, when he essentially says in a very sweet way, like, you helped me get over the death of my daughter, I was like, man, it's been, like, nine episodes and you were down for two of them. It's true. Like, yeah. it's, he was it did feel suddenly very vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree. I felt like such a dick. So I, I didn't even say anything to my partner, but I was just kind of like, where's this coming from? Yeah. Yeah. Because it... Yeah, because I, I had a lot of thoughts. I was like, was this in the game? Blah, 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 blah. But it just felt like, oh, yeah, well, we're at the last episode, so he's going to say something like that. Did he have that scar in the game? He probably had a ton of scars, but I don't remember that specific conversation from the game. Yeah, it was never brought up, at least. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I don't know. This scene totally worked for me, though. Like, I could definitely see the step on the staircase, but I looked at it lovingly, and I was like, what a sweet step. <laughs> Yeah. You beautiful boy. No, I agree. I feel like I'm being like a negative Nancy right now. Well, like we were saying in the last um, episode, 
we're nitpicking because we love the show so much. That's true. We do love it. Yeah, yeah the only like, problem we have is is that there's not more connective tissue between these great moments that they literally that they kind or of four fall more episodes. More yeah, because yeah, literally what we were just saying boils down to: I wish we saw the ramp up to it. Aka, I wish we had more time. Yeah, I wish this devastated yeah. me. Is what I'm yeah. ultimately saying. Like it kind of yeah. made me go, oh, but I wish it fucking ruined me. I, know, I wish, wish it I was. I wish it was in another world. I would have liked to do laundry and taxes with you. I wish, I wish it, it was episode way. three. You wish it was episode... Oh, yes. Yeah, episode three. Exactly. That fucking devastated me. Mm-hmm. We needed our strawberries. I feel like Ellie, we need our strawberries. I feel like Ellie handled, handled that uh, suicide homage so well, too. There's something Very really well. weird and visceral about interacting with someone you consider a grown-up as a grown-up and hearing them say something pretty yeah vivid that you didn't know about them too like i feel like she handled that with a lot of grace and like not acting like whoa right right yeah it was sort of like maybe for the first time they're sort of equals in this conversation exactly and i'll fight you simon i think the i i love the it wasn't the love it wasn't uh time that did it that's up there for me It's a really good line. I just wish it had more of an impact because I wish I, like, you know, believed more that Joel at this point would say it. That's what I'm saying. He did. I will say, I know good acting is, like, acting without moving or without really saying. There was a lot that was being said on his fucking face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was. And I was, like, sitting back just, like, very impressed. Yeah, this is the this is this um, shot that would go in his Emmy reel if it wasn't too spoilertastic <laughs> to show at an awards show. Mm-hmm. That and That's also, true. <laughs> I'm failing her in my sleep. Oh my god, that one was. So it's right. going to be episode six for sure because this one so, has yeah. way too many spoilers and they don't like doing that. But like, yep. yeah, this is a, a great acted scene from the both of them. I, I mean, true. yeah, this Pedro Pascal, he might he might be going places. He's pretty good, but like, I, I actually, guy. you brought up a good point there, Caitlin. I think that the I'm failing her in my sleep monologue actually worked better for me because i just believed more that joel was in the place to say that at that time yes it it felt like a big admission out loud something that he's been feeling for so long and he's bottled up and he would only say to his brother yes exactly in in desperation true yeah that's a good point like he's still to be this vulnerable with ellie is also I, I again I know they're supposed to be here and I played the game and it made sense when they were this close in the game but for some mm-hmm. reason this just isn't mm-hmm. working for me whereas when he was talking to his brother I'm like yeah it's his brother like you know I agree I like to use the phrase like the phrase giving away too much all at once yeah. that's kind of how I felt yeah we're throwing in all of this kind of last minute this should have been like in the five days leading up to the flashbang it It feels like that very relatable situation I'm sure you all have been where you do a lot of MDMA and you tell a lot of personal things to people that probably don't deserve to hear them. Damn. Yeah, like a Tuesday. You're supposed to uh... do MDMA before you do that? (laughs) Yeah. Before you info dump and trauma dump on people? Shit. Before before you send like 15 minute Snapchat stories about your day to random people? (laughs) Yeah. You know. It's, It's to specific people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, not to the world. That's what TikTok's for and I don't do that. I'm better than those youths. Uncultured. <laughs> Uncultured swine. Anyway, so, so I guess it's probably time to talk about the uh, the doom scene where Ooh. Joel just straight up murders a bunch of people. I agree. Like, I forget who it was that brought it up. I think it was you, Ruby. 
Or just like when he talked, when Marlene says she's being prepped for surgery and Joel's like surgery. Like, what did you think they were going to do? Of course they're going to do surgery. We don't know that it was brain surgery to remove like a part of her brain. And also I would have had a question like, can they get a sample of the cordyceps without removing her brain? Because people do brain surgery all the time. Like, what did you think? They were just going to like give her a lollipop, pull out some blood and you're good. Like, of course they're going to need to do surgery. Yeah, but they will run fucking tests Not that supply she's going to die. Especially if they have, this is their one and only shot. They're not going to just like gas her and him and then fucking go straight into brain surgery. No. Like that is their one shot. Yeah, they would like do some other protocol. But like all at Literally. once, like they showed up and then bam, right into surgery. That was, that was insane. And like, I, I understood why he was like surgery because like it, it was so out of nowhere. You'd think that they talk about it before they it was go jarring. into surgery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So now as we're talking, I'm like leaning more towards the other side where I was in the game originally where I'm like, yeah, Joel did make the right choice because these people are being shady as fuck. But that, again, yes. is not is it's no not the decision that they want. Like Craig and Neil want you to think that Joel is fucked up for this. They do. They do. But so at like, the same time. It's so shady. Like Ellie was almost like. Well, she was, like, sexually assaulted in the last episode. She was completely powerless. She had, like, no say in this. Like, in the fact that... And they're removing her control. Yes, she's lost that control of her own life again. Like, not even that, like, he didn't have a say in it. She had no say in what was going to happen to her. She was left completely powerless again in her own, like, destiny. Yeah, and they're treating her like a child again yeah. by making her choices for her. Yeah, and and not telling her what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's for the greater good. The greater the good. The greater good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got the more we talk about like again, I just right before we well, right before we were supposed to record at 6. I listened to the the podcast again with them because I think that's almost if anything more insightful to the making of the show than the actual show itself. But it's good to have the screenshots as we're going through, like, the leaf through and, and see it. But it's super helpful, I think, to, to hear what they're thinking. And they, they talk so much about, essentially, you know, Joel's needs as a parent versus, like, the greater good, as we say. But they would say it unironically. And one of the stories they brought up, and I'll do a quick version, because if you want to hear the long version, listen to the podcast. Where uh, Neil talks about how he's originally from Israel, and he was asking his dad a question about this. Like, what? because there was, like, some sort of situation involving, like, a... A prisoner who had been kidnapped and like what is the israeli government gonna do and neil was asking his dad about his dad was like well am i answering as like the president of israel or as like the kid's father because the president of israel i'm like well tough kid, shit kid right i can't negotiate mm-hmm. with terrorists but as the kid's father it's like give everything so like that's the mindset that they had going in they like all this other stuff that we're talking about like the stuff on the sides They, I don't, I mean, they clearly considered a little bit because they made the fucking show, but they thought that the overarching narrative of, like, the good of everybody versus my fucking child was the Mm -hmm. main decision. And I, like, I don't know if they're missing the forest or the trees, or maybe we are. I don't know. I don't really have a good grasp on that metaphor even. But, like, you know what I mean? I feel like they're, they're not taking into account all these factors. And the more we break it down and the more we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, like, maybe... Maybe not even just from a parent perspective, this was the correct call. Like, do they even know what they're doing? Like, it's yeah, it's so, so shoddy. Shoddy like a melody in my head. <laughs> I think it's uh, like an everyone's an asshole kind of moment. Like, oh yeah. I mean, like, is the solution 
murdering 50 doctors who are trying to like get a cure for the world probably not but like you know they do also skip what should be a pretty long line straight to cut out her brain mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i mean it was like that in the game but it's definitely like that in the show where you're definitely supposed to feel joel's the bad guy i mean his sort of rampage through the hospital is portrayed like a mass shooting um yeah but uh yeah i think could have used maybe a little bit more with marlene and joel just to sort of hammer that home because there is there's definitely is a little bit of like hey what are you doing with ellie and i i'm on the side that joel is the bad guy but even for me i was a little bit like yeah go joel they're being assholes yeah Yeah. my biggest issue is just that she had no choice in it like and it's not like joel was thinking about her right to choose her life it was oh she wouldn't have let her choose to do it he wouldn't have let her choose no exactly Yeah, like, I'm, I'm now we're reigniting some of my trauma from The Last of Us 2, which I, I think is a phenomenal game. Here we go. I, I hate so much of where it went. It just made me straight up miserable. And I think it's because the crux of The Last of Us Part 2, like, the inciting incident of the second game is this in the first game, right? And people are going to be continuously debating this moment. They talk about with pride about how much people debate the end of this game. But the crux of that game involves you taking a leap of logic over everything we just talked about here over like ellie's bodily autonomy like her body her choice all that kind of stuff over like did they actually know what they're doing like we just have to trust that the fireflies had the best intentions and that they was going to succeed and it was going to be worth it and they knew what they were doing and like they didn't mm-hmm. need to do the test we need to just jump over all of that to buy in to joel was an utter piece of shit for this for the <laughs> entire second game and now second season or in second and third seasons of the show to even work and i just feel like once again i'm not i'm not where they need me to be i actually i think i said it earlier i came into this episode with like yeah okay joel's the bad guy this time i'm gonna see it this way i'm gonna see the rabbit not the duck i swear to god and god damn it i'm still seeing the fucking rabbit i mean it might just be my own personal issues but like I don't know, when, when like, uh, I didn't play the second game, but when I was watching, like, play through the second game, like, I still never saw Joel as the bad guy. He was the father who made a decision. Was it the right decision? No, but it's a decision that a father, like... Well, that's the fucking thing about what is, He's a human. We don't know what would happen with the Fireflies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a leap of faith situation. Like, even they don't know that it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, I but, think you know, everyone, it's the best shot they've ever had. Everyone in that world has to be selfish, right? You kind of do. You got to survive. Yeah, like Joel well, and like if you have the... if you have like potentially a legitimate shot at literally like reversing the apocalypse, I think people would do some pretty extreme things to to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people who remember a time before the apocalypse would. Yeah. Ellie was never around during the before times. I mean, she doesn't have nostalgia for any of that. You could also follow that whole spiral of going, okay, I mean, Marlene, oh, she's dead now. But, like, um, <laughs> she knew how Ellie was created and how she became immune. So I was like, are they going to, like, try and test on pregnant women? Do you know what I mean? Like, Ooh, it's yeah, possible exactly. to happen again, right? Have yeah. Do you think they haven't already? Oh, that's true. Ooh. 
We're talking about a borderline, as we talked about earlier, a borderline terrorist organization. You think they haven't tried? Like Joel said, get, try someone else. She says there is no one else. You think that she's just saying, well, no one by you know pure chance. Well, there's we no one right we can replicate. Because the thing is, is that they didn't know. They I didn't mean, know that she was immune until she was bit. True. Yeah. Until yeah. Until now, that's a that's a, a pretty decent point they made. Now, although I mean, well, they could have just because they fucking scanned her, didn't they? And they could see that it said she was infected, so they could still scan somebody in trying to see if they were immune without like having to get see them get bit. I don't yeah. think it like showed though until like oh way I don't know. later on because I'm oh, okay. sure she's been scanned beforehand in her life. Yeah. Mm. Well, but she she came up like she failed the scan in in episode one, but she's hasn't like turned after she was bit. Right. Right. But the the explanation that they give, but the explanation that they give now is that the reason she wasn't infected when she was bit is because the cordyceps thought she was already infected. So that's the reason they give. That's what I'm saying. Right, so yeah, the bite didn't change anything. So she would have. So she would have showed up. And I mean, they did. We're getting in, even more into the weeds than well, they clearly expected. But she's more asymptomatic than, like, she's infected, but she's asymptomatic. She wasn't infected before. She just had immunity. Yeah, it's still in her. Yeah. Yeah, but she didn't. Wouldn't have shown as an infection, because she like her the antibodies hadn't been activated yet. Mm. I, that's not how I read what Marlene said. I'm, I'm trying to go back and find her exact wording, but she basically said because it was in her brain, the cordyceps was already there, and so it told other cordyceps don't come here. But then, like, why if that if that's why she didn't get reinfected because the cordyceps were like, oh, someone's already living here, and they noped out of there, then like it doesn't seem like anything new would be oh. added to that situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My you're my right guess there. is it's sort of. It probably falls into the world of, I mean, like how the whole, um, the whole thing got kicked off in the first place of a vaguely sciencey explanation to make this work <laughs> that would never actually happen. That's very true. I was just trying to make a leap of logic, trying to figure out like how she's yeah. invaded her whole life not being. Scanned. I mean, here's the other thing. Like, I mean, we can go down that rabbit hole. We kind of have, but here's the other thing that like the game doesn't take into account, um, because it's not like they're version of the story that they want to tell but like how much do we trust the fire tries fireflies to be altruistic about this they have a cure to the apocalypse they're going to give it away for free like look at what the covid vaccine has done to people right <laughs> like the, i mean we already know immediately there's going to be a section of the population that won't want to take the va- you're going to infect me mm-hmm. with the quarter shell with the quarter ships you're going to put true. that fungus in me yeah, like, like there's going to be immediately be a bunch of the population is going to have this. Probably some people are going to have a reaction because that's how it happens with literally everything. Yeah. And then people are going to be like, ah, it's bullshit. And also, like, are the Fireflies just going to be the new world government because they can control who's immune and who's not? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a perfect world. But so that's certainly make me, making me feel better about what Joel did. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, the I mean, implication is certainly that they're like, you know, the freedom fighters who maybe sometimes go too far, but are like, you know, just looking out for the best of humanity. And, you know, I mean, they ha- they obviously have a good cause. Um, so I think, you know, it's definitely implied that like things would, if not go back to normal, but, you know, would be a significant improvement. Right. But, you know, I never really thought about it before. They don't need to do that. <laughs> no one's making them. 
Like, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to, like, drive to every town and, like, give all the raiders the vaccine? Right? Like, that's probably not... Are they going to put it on the radio? They they barely even survived crossing the fucking country, as they said themselves. (laughs) Like, half the people I don't know. They're probably, like, thinking kind of a bit smaller than that. Like, let's just see if this works and then figure out about what we do with it later on. Yeah, my my guess is that Neil Druckmann would say that they would, like, use it for good and would do all the right proper things. But they're not always portrayed in this as doing all the right proper things, so who knows? And what is the proper thing to do? Yeah. Like, you can't just pull a... I mean, I was actually... I forget what one of you said, but I was... Oh, uh with the Marlene thing at all, they almost need to release like a Mass Effect style DLC where you have just an extended conversation with Marlene. It changes nothing about it, right? But like the way with the Star Child just has a longer conversation, just a longer conversation with Marlene where Joel gets to ask more questions, I wouldn't have minded. I would like to It's the to same know. thing. Like they, they don't have like a shroud like in Mass Effect 3 to like put the cure around the globe. So like there's no easy way to just distribute this. Yeah, so there's a lot of questions that make it a, a gray area. And I like I said, Every time I listen to these guys talk about it, and, you know, Craig seems to be... I love Craig Mazin. He's made some great shows, but he seems to have drank Neil's Kool-Aid, too. And <laughs> Neil is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm, like, I, I love a lot of what they're doing, but they just seem so, like, preoccupied with this, like, binary moral decision that there is. And Yeah, like, there is no good and bad. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I guess we'll have to... I'm, I'm now... This, this ending, once, once again, kind of made me worried about season two but i guess we'll have to trust and uh, wait for season two to come out to see how they do because they're also going to get the feedback right like they said they're going to radically change it but then also at the same time uh neil did an interview where he talked about like what are, what are you worried about what the fans think he's like fuck the fans he didn't actually literally say that i think his exact words were i don't care what they think <laughs> right he's like, like man he's you should care like a little bit okay so he's not going to be like receptive to feedback yeah, yeah, well, but like they but yeah, they have been right. already because they've addressed some things with like the lack of infected and that kind, and that sort of stuff. So okay. like they've addressed some feedback in some areas, but I think, I mean, there's probably a difference between, hey, we want like one extra action scene versus like we have right. issues with your like overarching story and themes. Right, right. Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of just like little immersion points that they can they can help to get us more sucked in. Yeah, because yeah. I think. Yeah. There are there are a few things with this like in the game and the show, um, you know, sciencey things or little character things that like m- the details suffer at the at the expense of like you know the overarching themes and that sort of stuff. Where mm-hmm. like overall it's like oh yes that's so beautiful and then you're like oh, but what about this and it's like no 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 look at the beautiful arch it's so pretty look at the giraffe. and it is, um, but like <laughs> there are a few things that if you look really closely at them. It's just like, mm, I'm not sure. Not that they're like bad or wrong, but just like there, there are some things you can question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm... of so many things that I definitely did not think of. Great fucking show, though. Oh, Good oh great fucking show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, it's also good to have a show that like we could talk about. Oh, like, yeah. oh, we yeah. talked about this a few times on our regular podcast, right? Like a lot of the shows we would talk about and like we would watch an, uh, a full series of something. And then we'd come back to the podcast and it'd be like, hey, I watched a full series of, I don't know, like the new thing of, uh, I literally can't think of a single show that's ever come out right now. And then we'd be like, yeah, and it was really good. And the acting was great. And the characters were funny. But like this, I, I do enjoy how it's a meaty and dense show that we could go through. It's true. That's, I feel like was very it, well done. Was it in a previous podcast and you referred to that? Oh, I guess you don't watch TikTok, but there's a TikTok like making fun of rednecks. Like, 
being like yeah hell yeah buddy like last of us shows out and ready to watch this like zombie show and then it's like episode three gay love and he's just crying on the couch like there's so much there's so much morality um to discuss <coughs> and feelings yeah. yeah a lot of feelings yeah no one can show. possibly get this nitpicky about something unless it's great or they have it's exactly. true exactly mm-hmm. and like since we all love it so much like it's not like we have to be like i like it but because yeah. we all just yeah. like it. Yeah, you can go get down that rabbit hole of just, like, complaining nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And it's like, we, we remember Please it's still really good, it. right? We whinge yeah. because we Just love. feel like tossing that back out there every yeah. once in a while. I wouldn't have had yeah. so many problems with the last four seasons of Game of Thrones if the first four weren't so fucking awesome. That's true. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's that famous quote. Uh, Neil kind of used it in the way they talk about it in the podcast. So, like, it was his quote. But I, I thought it actually, Matt... You're my, I'm, you're my Hail Mary for this one, pun intended, because it goes back to Catholic high school. I thought it came from either, like, Jesus or a saint. Because I remember hearing it from a religion teacher where someone was like, love me or hate me, but I vomit the lukewarm. That was the quote. Damn, that's hmm. hard. Wow. Yes. And that's essentially what Neil said about, like, this stuff that we're talking about here. That's how he wanted people to look at it. He's like, I, I want them to either love it or hate it, but just don't feel indifferent about it. And I don't think anyone's going to feel indifferent. About no, the show no. and this, this is yeah, so yeah. memorable. Yeah, I've had more than a few music props tell me a, a similar kind of thing where it's like, as an artist, um, you know, <laughs> it's better to do something with conviction and have half your people love it and half the people hate it than to have everybody not care about it. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's you true. Know, better to piss people off than have nobody care. Oh, or yeah. make people come their pants. To a point, unless you're being an yeah. asshole about it, you know, but whatever. Uh, yeah, it does come from the Bible. Be hot or cold, not lukewarm. So, there you go. Catholic education came through. Oh my gosh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the last point, because this is gonna, what's going to lead into the other season, but how do we interpret... I think it's pretty obvious that um, Ellie doesn't look at Joel, because like, the very last part of the, the show is exactly the same as the game. I thought, actually, this episode is right in line with the previous two episodes of being like almost shot for shot remakes in a lot of cases. Right. So the very last scene of it is Ellie, like, I mean, Joel's like talking up a storm and Ellie's being non-responsive. And I guess at some point mm-hmm. she's just like, Hey, like what actually happened? Oh, yeah. she gives them the lowdown of Riley and what actually happened. And is everything you said to be true? Swear to me. And then he says, doesn't blank looks her right in the eye and says, I swear lies just the same way her mother did uh, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I believe, okay, is what she says. So I think everyone knows that she doesn't entirely buy that what he's no. doing is totally honest. But oh, what totally. do we think? Do we think that she knows that, like, they butchered people? Do we think that she knows it went really wrong? And Marlene's dead? Like, how much? Because, I mean, we've all played at least a little bit of the second game, so we kind of know where Ellie's brain space gets to. But where do we think she is right here? I totally read that as, like, her basically turning to Joel and being like, all right, is this our story? Like, this is this is what happened? This is our official story? Like, just trust in him, needing to hear it, needing confirmation from him that that's definitely not what went down, which he basically gives. And her just trusting him. Interesting. I kind of saw it as like that moment 
where like a parent or like a teacher knows a kid is lying and is going to ask them anyway just to see if the kid will own up to lying or not oh yeah um mm-hmm. like i i at the end of it i didn't think that she believed him it wasn't like it didn't seem like she felt better like ah okay yeah you know like <laughs> everything's everything's fine you're telling me the truth it was just like just that's what you're telling me well okay all right let's yep. carry on last chance you know yeah yeah i don't i don't think she i don't think she uh she believes him mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah i agree i agree with you matt i i mean she's clearly such a thinker she's such a fucking smart person um and i really see her so wanting to finally having someone that is not going to abandon her is going to stay with her which in itself is such a dream come true i think and um i really see like i spoke about earlier this wonderful pause in her eyes after he says yes and oh quite a few things like i almost feel like i see her going oh maybe that's true or but like going no like i woke Mm -hmm. up in this car i can tell that we left suddenly my clothes weren't there like you know all of these things um and i feel like she wants to and but she's just decided in her head that she's like this is the story that he's chosen this is what we're going with but i don't believe it at all yeah well and especially when she um brings up riley where it's like hey before i lied to you and in this moment i'm gonna be honest with you about Mm -hmm. something are you gonna be honest with me I don't know yeah. what would have happened if he had said no. Yeah, I, I think know. she would like, have resented him. I think so. Oh, too. I'm sure. Like she can't I'm sure she can't possibly know exactly what happened. Um, but like they're they're out of there suspiciously quick. Like she knows something's up. Well that's the sure. thing. She can mm-hmm. she only has him to go by, right? There's not fucking a news station. There's not detectives that are gonna go and explore the scene and she'll discover the truth later. Like he is the yeah. sole resource for the story of what happened it's not like she even saw marlene no she doesn't like yeah and do you think that she believes that mar that she thinks that marlene is dead as well she might be able to piece it out because he doesn't answer yeah that's kind of the that's kind of the question i mean there's like either way she doesn't believe him but the question is like does she does she i guess maybe the best way to phrase it was does she trust that what he did was the right decision or not. Like, yes. because they've really like emphasized, I feel like more on the TV show, and this is the part I've definitely bought along, but more on the TV show than the game, I felt like they wanted to show that Ellie saw herself as like a mini Joel, right? Mm-hmm. So then you could interpret it as he's just saying like, this I like this is the story, you don't want to hear the details, but just trust that because you and me are the same, that I made the right choice. Or if she's like, this is a step too far. This is too fucking weird of a situation that we're leaving this situation. And like, I really, like I thought we had bonded and I'm just going to say, okay, but this is like eating me up inside that you won't really tell me what happened. Like it's, does she trust Joel in this moment or not? And I think Bella Ramsey pays it so good so that good. you can mm-hmm. interpret it either way. Yeah, totally agree. And that fucking well, lush folks, ass meadow. I know, so lot. Yeah, it's like only Man, one Calgary, month after winter. Yeah, Calgary. <laughs> this is the best Calgary has ever looked, that's for sure. Okay, so... Uh, Turns out that was a shot of Edmonton. I guess, <laughs> definitely not a shot of Edmonton. Anyway, so uh, final thoughts on the season, I guess. And are there... It's weird to ask expectations of season two. 
when we have the blueprint, kind of, but... Let's wrap this shit up. Yeah, so uh, we'll go to Ruby first, because you're the newest one. I guess we kind of gave this thought at the beginning, but now that everything is wrapped up, was this show what you thought it would be, what you hoped it would be? Are you pleased with it? I won't be as cliche as to ask for, like, a blank out of ten, but if you gave one, I wouldn't complain. Um... I mean, I I so thoroughly enjoyed it. I I kind of wish there was more. There would I wish there was like maybe twelve episodes. Um, it felt so abrupt that the finale was Sunday. Um, so I would have wanted more because I love it. Um, but overall, I think it was better than I expected. Like I said, I think it had so much integrity. I you can tell that the people that made it really fucking loved it, which I I feel like you can sense about shows. Um, and uh, I am excited for more, but also. Uh, since I know how it ends, I'm a little scared for season two. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but I enjoyed it, and yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. I guess that's the other the other question. I, I mean, I will pass the mic to the other guys. But the other thing to to ruminate on is like assuming that season two, relatively early on, goes the same way as uh, the other season did. Uh, is this going to start like a brand new culture war? Because that's kind of what it did to the internet. I think it'll be vindicating probably for a lot of people. Oh, because like there's a lot of people, like season. I mean, game two, part two, whatever the fuck it's called. It's so tough because there's there's definitely a lot of people. Like there's there's some people who love the game because they saw Joel as being like a, a jerk and he got what it was coming to him kind of thing, and like it made sense in that way. And then there's some people who are I'm gonna put myself in this group where like the ending. Joel seemed like it was kind of the correct decision or like it wasn't entirely the incorrect decision. And so like the like righteous justice that he receives from the hand of Abby, like it's just so fucking brutal what they do to him. And that's kind of seems, and like, it's, it's hard to get back onto the, to the story of that game. Plus like, I, I mean, uh, Caitlin and Matt, do you know the ending of the last house part two? I do not. I don't. I haven't actually finished it. Well, I think we're going to have a whole second uprising, Simon, because, I mean, with the game alone, that was a big enough audience. And imagine all the people that are watching this that don't play video games. Exactly. But the thing, like, there's, and then there's a lot of people, this is where I'm kind of going with it, who, and, like, this is such an ugly place to go. Because there are definitely some people who hated The Last of Us Part Two because Abby was, like, probably more jacked than them, and they have a very fragile state of masculinity, and, like, Joel was daddy, and how dare masculine girl kill daddy, and, like, there's a lot of, like, you know, fragile male ego tied into that mm-hmm. second game, absolutely. And you're gonna make me play as a lesbian? What the fuck is this bullshit? Yeah, and they, like, made Ellie, like, full, yeah, exactly, full full lesbian. So there's, like, a lot of people who definitely hate it, but then uh, I think that a lot of the, at least from being in the toxic parts of the internet, like Reddit and Twitter, ugh, like, when you go there and you see the people who the people who hate on the people who hate on part two are just like, oh, yeah, those, like, sexist misogynists, those pieces of shit. Of course, they hate Last of Us Part Two. Like, they just – everyone gets lumped into that group. So mm. it's going to be very interesting to see which way people go because if suddenly you get a huge groundswell of other people who don't like this, that's going to give that argument a lot more legitimacy. On the other hand, if everyone watches uh, season two and loves what happens, then, boy, am I going to feel like a piece of shit. I want to see who's going to play our boy Levi. <laughs> I want to see you play him. Lev. Yeah. Lev. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I'll shut up. Yeah, now. Lev was great. There's a lot of great characters in, in part two. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a, a lot of fun because it was basically like the two of them and then like the um, 
rando of the week in this one, right? Whereas part two has a lot of through lines. Yeah. Anyway, I, I got completely distracted. So, Matt, final thoughts on this season slash what are you looking forward to in the next one? Yeah. Uh, well, I've talked a lot of shit about it over the last couple episodes, but I mean, yeah, overall, I love the show. It was amazing. I think this immediately goes up to the absolute top of best video game adaptations ever. I don't think it's close. Um, yeah, it was great. Like it's, it's better than I expected to be. It's better than I was like letting myself hope that it would be, you know, like, I think if you just pick like, Hey, there's a new show coming out. Do you think that it will be this good? It's like, I don't think you could ever reasonably say that you would actually expect it to be this good. Um, even if you hope for it. So yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I have a few issues here and there, mainly with like just the overall pacing of the season, but like, you know, in the grand scope of things, those are still like, Oh, it would have been nice if type issues. Um, yeah. Overall, like amazingly written, directed music's awesome. Acting is amazing. Like top to bottom. Sets are incredible. Notch. Yeah. Like I would be surprised if this isn't the best show of this year. Um, yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm anxious for season two, like I was for season one, because I was just so worried that it wouldn't live up to my expectations. Um, but uh, season one has gone a very long way to uh, to make me feel more comfortable about it. And Caitlin. Uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I really like the season. Um, I think the show went above and beyond. It was so good. Um... It's, it was a solid 9 out of 10 for me. The only 9 was because uh, I really love the zombies, so I wanted to see more. And also, I wanted more cold opens. I was really into um, all the cold opens that they had, and I thought that was going to be a continuing theme throughout it. That we'd see kind of like the lead up and like maybe the um, aftermath like right off the hop. Uh, but I was a little disappointed when I saw that they weren't doing that and the episodes just kept get getting shorter and shorter, but I really liked it overall. Yeah, I will say I missed the cold opens when they stopped having them. I thought those were yeah. a really nice touch. Yeah, it's, it's weird to think back on those first few episodes, like where they had the, like where they expanded the lore of the world. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting yeah, to think. Going. Yeah, that like they, they ditched that in the second half, essentially, right? Ooh. Like we talked about it earlier, they got the thing, they got like it'd be interesting to find more about like what how where to come from, what happened to it, like how did they get into the flower, what ha like does everyone no one has uh everyone's everyone's in great shape because no one has carbs anymore in the future, right? Like those all <laughs> had to get thrown out or something. Like, who knows? But like all that kind of stuff went right out the window for like a, a shot by shot remake of the game, which I can't believe I'm saying was like a negative, but like I kinda kind of like the, the variation but yeah i think we've all talked uh, happily enough and we've all talked long enough and oh, i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna knock on wood that everything went through because it's a quite log episode with hopefully no technical difficulties fingers crossed uh, i guess fingers crossed you cross your fingers cross your toes knock on whatever you got but that's it for us so uh there's a couple things that i want to point out so hit us up on facebook facebook.com slash nerds the north podcast once again, you'll see Caitlin's amazing art on her Facebook page, and you. I want to know from people. First of all, I want your likes because I'm vain, but also I want to know from people uh, what did you think about the ending, if you want, and also what was your interpretation of the giraffe scene, because like uh, yeah, it's very interesting that there are multiple interpretations from the opposite side of that. That was very fascinating. But I think with that, we'll wrap it up. So everyone out there, have a great week, have a safe week, and we will see you next time. Bye.